Get ready for a week-long celebration of music, community and fabulous fun with Joy Radiothon 2024. Joy has the largest collection of rainbow podcast content in the world and you can help keep us out loud and proud by donating during Joy Radiothon 2024. Just go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. Mark it in your calendars because Joy Radiothon returns June 1st to 7th and remember, we all flourish with joy. Welcome to a Joycast from Joy 94.9. Visit joy.org.au to find out more about our Joycasts. Hello and welcome to Being There Done That on Joy 94.9 with a little tinkling band in the background. We've got in the studio with us... Phil. Phil. Sitting right here. Thank you indeed, Phil. I'm just by coincidence sitting in front of a microphone. (laughs) (laughs) And someone else who's sitting in front of a microphone is... Uh, Gordon, and I'm sitting in front of an orchestra that's playing in the background. You were. You were indeed. Oh, you've... Um, They came back. They came back. Yeah, they came back in the door. Okay. Right. Yes, that fading sound is actually the door closing. Is that what it is? Because they're just too noisy to speak over. Oh, good. <laughs> but the guys come in every week. They're so loyal. They're very loyal, aren't they? Yeah. yeah they the band in. should have a name, though. Are oh, they the been there, uh, done that band? No, they certainly are not. David Benoit is the name of the cool jazz band that provides our theme track. And this track is actually called Snow Dancing. Thanks very much for joining us on our little stumble through the airwaves. We've got one hour of weird and wonderful music and favourite tracks from yesteryear or next year. Uh, We've got some interesting topical topics to talk about. But there are some very interesting things that have been happening in the last few weeks and what's happening in history. Mm. Oh, exactly. But but more importantly, what's happening at the moment? Well, uh, we could sort of go to Phil's favourite place. Hawaii. Uh, Hawaii, and they're having a horrible time in Hawaii. There was a great big bang, a giant kaboom. Was that the big bang theory or was it something else? No, this this one's actually not theory, it's practice. Yes. And it was a major earthquake and poor old Pele has been woken up. She must be pretty old by now. The, she's the she's the god of, or goddess of is she the fire. Ho- what's she, the Polynesian god of fire or yeah. something, is she? Yeah. And she's uh, spitting up trouble in the Big Island. Isn't the Big Island getting bigger because of her? That's why they call it the Big Island. Well, no, they do that because it's the biggest of the islands. (laughs) But it's not getting smaller. Mm. And it's just expanding. Well, I mean, all the islands were formed exactly the same way. Mm. So this is not news. It's been happening for millions of years. It's news when your house gets caught up in the lava flow and you lose everything. Mm. Whoa, yeah, that's not very... That's rude. That is, yeah, a bit tough. But surely the people on the Big Island and the other islands are sort of used to this event. They're not surprised. I'm sure they're upset when it's your house. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well. I wonder what the zoning is. You know, you've got different zones of land and one might be residential or commercial. Well, I would say that. Would it be lava flow? It would be risky. (laughs) They'd have risk, high risk, dangerous. Don't build here. (laughs) The ground smoke and move. You'd want to have everything, all your personal documents and files and everything in some small carryable thing. Oh, no, backed up on the cloud. Yeah, that's right. Or you, you you have a burnt CD of it all. It's the same as here in the fires that we have here in Victoria. You really need to have everything put somewhere safe. So well, there, you... there are downsides to living almost anywhere. 
in mm. the world. Melbourne is rather boring in that what we call an earthquake is barely a tremor. We do have non-extreme weather. Bushfires generally don't make it into built-up areas. So the risks here are fairly low. In Hawaii, they're fairly low, although you can get tropical storms. Mm. Mm. The big island, the risk is known. California, the risk is known that you're going to have earthquakes. In Italy, Mount Etna is still active, or Vesuvius, Mm. one of the two. And people don't move. No. No. They learn to live with it. But on the television the other night, they were saying that um, Kilauea, the volcano on Hawaii, is the most active volcano in the world. Mm. Mm. Well, it hasn't got much competition. I mean, it's actually spewing lava. But the the main thing is the um, sulfur... Fumes, fumes apparently the, yeah. for people it's with unpleasant very yeah. unpleasant yeah now what? we know what lava is called when it's underground magna magma 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 yeah, magna was a Mitsubishi. Mag- <laughs> magna magna is Dabansky. Dabansky, yes <laughs> <laughs> wrong wrong and you, i think you mixed up mount edna with dame edna because <laughs> oh, yeah. she's erupting all the time <laughs> no she's retired well that's sad isn't it yeah really yeah. not of on course. our list of topics <laughs> In ancient history, we have peoples that used to throw their firstborn into the mouth of the volcano to appease them, quieten them down. Thank goodness there ain't too many active volcanoes now, and we've been able to survive. Something else that is topical at the moment is budget. Budget time. It's state budget and federal budget and there seems to be all sorts of magic tricks being pulled out of the boxes by the politicians. There's been all the state print stuff, and now the feds have come along, and they're making promises. We just happen to know that the smoke and mirrors is uh, the, the first sign of budgets. But right. these budgets are brought to us by the letter E, which stands for election. Yeah. Oh, that's right, yes. Or yeah. more dangerously, a pre-election budget. <laughs> pre-election budget, yes. <laughs> and they manage to promise the world, don't they? Well, they do, um, and that's the idea of they, they, they want you to vote. All politicians have their own interest at heart, and they are very generous with their largesse. However, there must be some little folded over corner of their budget papers where mm. they're going to find the money from. It's the thing that they do to get themselves re-elected. Every party does it. They just give money to the seats where they want to win. Oddly enough, we know they're not going to do it. Mm. They're not going to keep the promises but the, because but they never have, with the exception of the, the plebiscite mm. for gay marriage, which could have been just signed off in Parliament, that was, but they forced it on the public at mm. great public expense. Yeah. And that was the promise that we promised we made and we've got to keep it. Well, yeah, of well, course, that's going to be possibly in the federal election, whenever that is held, where some of the new extreme right are going to try and turn back the tide. It has to be before May next year Yeah, is the, is the, is the next election. So this will be the last budget before an election, unless mm. they hold have another no, budget the, before the right before the election. Yeah, well, the state budget will get that out of the way Got well the and way. truly before Dan Andrews has to go to an election. Well, he's got to uh, go in and, November. And also ScoMo will have his budget out before the, the federal it, election. Well, so uh, this is where they've just got to make their pitch, isn't it? That would be the, the ScoMo's one this it. year could be the pre-election budget. But the one that they've just given for the state government is the pre-election budget because we have to go to polls in November. I think it's November the 28th. I think it is the 4th. Promises, promises. That's all it is. <laughs> because some of the commentators have been saying that it's the hidden stuff that is underneath yeah. that is going to do the is going to be the stuff we haven't heard because we've heard the big budget stuff yeah. so far. 
It's all smiles and glamour. and It's the stuff they announce on the day before Christmas so that it won't make the papers. Oh, oh that's right. Or, or 11 o'clock Friday night, so yeah. it misses the Just, weekend papers. Mm, By the time mm. Monday comes around, it's I hope boring. we're not sounding sceptical. Or no, cynical. That I'm or cynical, I, I am so cynical when it comes to this time of the um, election cycle. I just, just don't believe anything that they say. Oh, you do the rest of the year? No, not really, <laughs> <think> either. So. <laughs> uh, you with Gordon, Phil and Chris. Been there, done that. Joy 94.9. Let's have a little bit of music. community is stronger with joy. Become a member, joy.org.au. Love radio? Joy is now on iHeartRadio. Take us with you anywhere. You're with Phil, Chris and Gordon. Been there, done that on Joy 94.9. Thanks for being with us. And a big cheerio to Michelle if she's listening. Having a wonderful time, Michelle. Yeah. Yay, yay. And of course, what about Nina? And Cupcake. Yeah, hello Nina. Hello Cupcake. I'm not allowed to eat cupcakes. Aren't you allowed to eat cupcakes? No. I don't think you're allowed. I not, don't, not dog ones anyway. I don't think Nina would let you. <laughs> <laughs> and do you have a little person listening at home when you're uh, in here at, at, at Joy? He watches TV. Oh. Because I can't actually receive Joy at my premises. Oh dear, oh dear. I'm in a, a blackout zone. A blackburn I, blackout yes. zone. You would, get your, you would be able to hear it in your car radio though, wouldn't you? Yeah. But yeah. the, the home stereo one no, it's, it's, is just the antenna, even the antenna on yep, our roof yep. just won't get it. it. it so thank God for podcasts. Yeah, that's what podcasts are all about. Some people do enjoy listening to Joy because of our special messages, mm-hmm. but there are countries in the world who don't actually have any representations in their social environment. But in Nepal, there is a movement to get their little gay radio station up and running with more GLBTI shows because there aren't enough people from the community helping them to make programs. It would be a a, a very wouldn't be a huge community there, would it? You wouldn't have thought of being LGBTI people, but um, there must be because we're everywhere. We're everywhere, like they say in the advert. Um, I would think that there would be enough. Uh, people there, but they, they're looking for presenters or something on their radio they, show. They certainly they? are. Well, Nepal is one of the few countries in the world that recognise a third gender on passports and official documents. Oh. So they've they've got a, a degree of awareness, mm. but it's the public awareness that needs to be raised. If they've got governments here, that that's one good thing. But there are more gay people in the general community that come in, can come in and make radio programs. And so the uh, independent FM station that they've got going there, uh, representing the gay community, are putting the call out. 
oh, well, for programs. Well, we know here that there are 260 or nearly 300 volunteers yeah. that go to make up our 7 by 24 programs a week. And also, uh, Chris, we didn't know anything about presenting on, on radio until we were trained to do it. <laughs> we still don't know what we're doing on the radio, I must admit, <laughs> but, you know... This is this is a thing, isn't it? They need somebody there that has the ability to train them so that they could they know what they're doing when they sit in front of a microphone. But would it still be difficult as a personal decision because you're you're coming out essentially? Yeah. To the nation. Yeah, but if they if they if they have passports with a third gender, I'm I'm, I'm sure that they wouldn't have that much trouble, would they? Yeah, but they've still got problems with persecution and discrimination. Mm. Oh, well, that, that happens everywhere, and doesn't that it? That ha- does happen everywhere, mm. but it's exactly the, the same problems that we've been going through that we're hopefully been able to put behind us. Yeah, but it's a good luck to them anyhow, and, and it's great to see that there might be another LGBTI radio station in the world. Well, yeah, we're, even we're, if it's only part-time. Yeah, because we're only one of three full-time um, LGBTI mm. radio stations, aren't we? That's right. Uh, a gay Nepal man apparently is reported, according to Gay Star News, uh, that he is fearing for his li- life after a UK court outed him in UK. He mm-hmm. hopes to stay in the UK because he fears reprisal for his sexuality for being gay if he goes back to Nepal. Yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? That, well, uh, well, well, like um, we're saying that there is homophobia everywhere. Yeah, about, and people are so nervous are. about mm-hmm. the whole mm-hmm. lot. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it still exists here. Oh, yeah. Hold on. As, as far as we go, there's a certain type of person who has to die out. Yes, before our lives will ever improve. Well, so. you've got you've got um, mm. certain church groups and things yeah. like that that have completely. But in Myanmar, who what? There's another country, isn't it? Well, that you'd might think white is behind the times. However, their first GLBTI choir is giving people a voice for the first time. Now, these are people who are collected together and with the confidence that a uh, that a group of people. Can have. Then muster mm. Mm. is an opportunity for them to come out and do some a very very regular and ordinary thing, uh, rather than being provocative. Uh, they're just being able to sing, and singing is a, an activity that knows no boundaries. That's right, because it's music. Music is the <coughs> universal language, really, isn't it? Whether it's got words to it or just um, a sound, there's yeah. music, and uh, it, choirs, of course, are great um, breakthroughs for a group of people like that mm. to go and sing in um, because is there's safety in numbers to start with. Yeah. And uh, Well, earlier this year there was a Pride Festival in Myanmar and it was held in the capital Yangon mm. or Rangoon, I think it's yeah. in the old English the old language, English. Mm-hmm. Um, but was attended by thousands of people. And the, uh, the new Pr- At Proud uh, GLBT choir held its first performance in, in front of these thousands mm. of people. And despite having understandable nerves ahead of the show, they were a hit with festival goers. I could imagine that quite easily. Yeah, you know, it's uh, so good luck to them, and they, 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 if once they get established and they get singing around, they probably finish up touring around the country. I would mm. think. Yeah. Well, they've got an image problem in Myanmar, well. like in a lot of countries, mm. where they, you know, the gay characters are often depicted as the butt of a joke, as sexual predators, or people who could be cured of their gender or sexual identity. So it's that's modern thinking, isn't it? It is mm. modern. Mm. Well, it's mm. not all that old-fashioned here. No. Uh, so it's good well, for there them. are still people in 
let's say, positions of power that would like to deprogram us. Yes, that's right, yes. Mm. yes. But you're so, not a computer, so, so they we, can't do we've it. We've got to keep our program running. Mm. Oh, yeah. Um, but it's very good that they have, they're moving into the, the air, the realm of understanding of what sexuality and gender is all about. You're listening to Been There, Done That on Joy 94.9. Magnus Hirschfeld was a German sexologist in the early 20th century known as the Einstein of sex. Well, he knew all about it, didn't he? Well, his pioneering work in this field of sexology was the first person, and he was the first person to systematically describe and work with what he described as transvestite and transsexual people. He considered transsexualism to be a form of intersex condition, a view that it is increasingly held by many today. But what we would generally say, I think, is that there is no binary, there is a spectrum. Hmm. And everybody with sexuality is on that spectrum somewhere. But Chris, you'd have to think that in when he was um, working on this thing, it was pre the turn of the century, wasn't yeah. it? It would have been... No, the 20th century. Yeah, tw- yeah pre- I'm talking about the 20th century, yeah, back in... Because he was born in 1868. So he would have been... At the turn of the century, he would have been in his 30s where he would have been getting into this stuff. So yeah. I would imagine that he would have been very, very well ahead of his... Um, ahead of his thinking on mm. this subject than most other people. Of course, in those days, we were all considered to be sexually deviant people. Mm. And we weren't generally looked on favorably. That's true, too. But uh, it's uh, he, he was... Uh, unfortunately, he didn't... Um, he came through with the, uh, the the rise of Hitler, of course, yeah. which was the thing that um, crueled his work. Although there, there are still lots of his... Um, reports and and theses and what have you in private uh, in public libraries all around the world. Well, he Be- left Germany in 1932 to live in Paris, mm. and he died uh, not having returned to Germany. No. Um, but he was amazing, you know, because he he was born on the 14th of May and he died on the 15th of May and he died on the 15th of May. Yeah, mm. died yeah. on his birthday. <laughs> That's happy birthday. <laughs> <laughs> well, it makes you wonder whether that was engineered or whatever. Yeah. 1868 to 1935, mm. so uh, mm. indeed. But, uh, I mean, Hirschfeld did all these university studies and things, mm. and it was well documented. Uh, but would you believe that under the Nazis, uh, over ten, uh, over 100,000 gay men and trans women were arrested for breach of paragraph 175 of the German Penal Code, yeah. which struck out behaviour of those types. Um, the crime of homosexuality uh, was you know, basically the, the rule under the German paragraph 175. And 15,000 of them were sent to the concentration camps where they were required to uh, wear the pink triangle. That's right. But many of them were simply drugged and subjected to electrical shock treatments in the search for a cure Ah, for homosexuality. But the funny part about it was that Hitler was so against it, yet some of his top echelon of brass, top brass, were actually gay men. Yeah. You know, so where does it get you? You know, it's just just amazing. They were able to hide it or... Um, they had some sort of control, I guess. That particular paragraph, the 175, was not actually repealed until 1969. Mm, mm. I mean, 40 year, 45 years after the end of the war. Mm. So, whoo, 
Dear, oh dear, oh dear. But at the Nuremberg trials, where the war crimes, the crime trials were, were held, no mention was ever made of crimes against homosexuals. No SS officials were ever tried for specific atrocities against Pink Triangle prisoners. And many of the known SS doctors who had performed operations on homosexuals were never brought to account for their actions. Oh, no, because we were deviants, so why worry you? Well, you know, yeah, that very, was the problem. very, very sad. Yeah, yeah. Oh, golly gosh, let's have a little bit of uh, Heather Small. She's proud. And yeah, we should be... Of course we should. Out and loud and proud. That's joy. I look into the window of my mind Reflections of the fears I know Our community is stronger with joy. Become a member, joy.org.au. Yo, Lodi. Hi, we're the Top Twins and you're listening to Joy 94.9. Been there, done that on Joy 94.9. Chris, Phil and Gordon and the Top Twins, they're a New Zealand musical pair of sisters. Yes, they, 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 they're twins, but they're not identical, which is one thing about the Top Twins. But boy, are they great entertainers. They're actually national treasures in New Zealand. They've been made national treasures, the pair of them. So, yeah, and so, they're gay. And they're gay, gay, yeah. gay women, yes, both gay women. So and uh, one of them had a very serious illness with cancer, and she's been able to come through that. So, wow. Yeah, so they're, they're, they're going pretty well. But um, also in New Zealand at this time of the... Um, they seem to have this their place sorted out reasonably they, well. Well, they lead the world well. in lots of things. and um, But they did a... a we're coming up to the, uh, I think the 3rd of May, was it? Was the Treaty of Waitangi? It was, yes, back on the 3rd of May in 1840. New Zealand officially became a British colony. colony yeah. And that meant that everybody on board New Zealand had to turn around and salute the flag. Mm, but the, s- the Maoris didn't want to do that. You no, know, no, they, well, but, but they were there first. Oh, yeah, this is right. But then again, they were more of a, they were more... Um, uh, what's a, a race that didn't take? They were they were fighting race, a fighting race, yeah. And um, so that they didn't so they, like the thing, so they they fought the um, the whites. Oh right, mm-hmm. and uh, that's why the the nickname of New Zealand is that it's the the land of the wrong white crowd. <laughs> yes, that's right. Yes, but it's a, I it, speak some Kiwi too. Do you? What's a Hindu? Lays eggs. That's right, mate. <laughs> <laughs> but but the but yeah but the the Treaty of Waitangi was was a the culmination of a huge um, go between the, the the local Maori population and the whites, and they had to come to a treaty to sort of stop what was happening. And the the treaty gave the um, Maoris seats in Parliament and that sort of thing. What, what's the selling pitch though? What what does the white man come and tell? 
I guess the, the, the natives, the indigenous, to, that we, we're going to civilize you and bring uh, you Western treasures, or yeah. Yeah, but they've been living there for thousands of years, and they when we get and and they had property rights of That's their right. own, yes, and they had their connection to, to country, the, yeah, but they had and they and, were very and very what hard. Was, what was overridden mm. or overruled by the the um, adopting uh, the by, white the white settlers, yeah. Mm, mm. Why the, was that acceptable, though? It well, was. Well, it shouldn't have been. Why, why did the Commonwealth believe that everybody wanted them to take over their countries? Well, uh, it just... Is it, that it just was, a, an it, ego thing? It or? was the British attitude at the time. You know, the British basically ruled the world because the, the sun never set on the British Empire. It started off in New Zealand and went right through right around the world at one stage, including America, as you've got to, as you know... But um, and then it wasn't until the uh, Americans decided to become the United States of America and, and well, get, they, rid, get they rid of didn't England. Want taxation without representation. That's right. And then so what happened was they had nowhere to send the prisoners from England to America, so they sent them to Australia. So what about taking them down south to Australia? So that's how we came to be here. And of course, the British that followed were of the opinion that they were, they knew everything that was going on in the world. Well, that the local the people did nothing. Naming of the of Australia as being terra nullius. Mm, mm. It's it's a land of nothing. Land of nothing. But and you know the the local inhabitants were their indigenous nothing. population been here for sixty thousand years and knew how to land the work the land yeah. and not destroy it. But yeah. they were as opposed to New Zealand where they stuck up for themselves and got a treaty. Mm. Our indigenous people were more passive. Well, they were passive and but they, they were slaughtered. Of some of them, they some were, of them, they were p- points of um, difference because they were there were they quite a few Aboriginal as a single yeah, but, race. Yeah, they had a lot of uh, tribes, but the but there were certain tribes that did fight back. Oh yeah, oh yeah, and they and they've been. Uh, you often see it on stories about them on the television. Well, the Waitangi Agreement, the Maoris agreed to hand over la- ownership of their land to the Queen and in return were to retain the right to occupy their land that's right. as long as they wished mm. and to be protected in so doing. Yes, that's so right. So that is a not, an unre- not unreasonable form of agreement or treaty. That's right. But we haven't got anything quite like that. Well, here in Australia, have we? Well, they, if, if you mention a treaty to the politicians, they run run, run scared. Like, they don't want to have a treaty. I don't know what they expect well, to... Well, I thought we had a meeting recently Well, we had the Uluru. 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 We had the Uluru statement that the, they, uh, the Indigenous community spent years getting the group together to, to work out something that would be accessible or um, good for the government to work on. They presented it to the government and Mr Turnbull read and said, we're not taking any notice of it. Like, there's all these years of work from our Indigenous people mm. and uh, they just threw the whole thing out of the parliament without even considering it because there was something that they didn't like. They said, no, that would mean there'd be a third house of parliament. It was only a consultative body that was all it was. You know, it's just to me, that it's just wrong. It's And once wrong. again, it was, you people don't exist in yeah. our brain. Well, you don't know what you're talking about, you know. Mm. Uh, thank you. Uh, it's just... Horrible the way the, the way that the indigenous people are being treated, but anyhow, we've got to have to be a whole complete change of government or change of mind before anything will happen. I think so, mm. definitely. Alison Goldfrapp, born on the thirteenth of May, nineteen sixty-six, English musician and record producer, and she's best known as a lead vocalist of the 
uh, electronic music duo Goldfrap. Yeah, named after her, of course. Of course. Yes, yes. yes. Why yes. wouldn't you have a band named after yourself? But well, she's very popular here on Melbourne's most uplifting music mix because uh, she's played all the time. Yes, and she does. Uh, we've got a little track here called Believer. All right, I'm a believer. No, that's another song. <laughs> Joy Podcasts, where you want them, when you want them. Joy.org.au or your preferred platform. You're with Gordon, Phil and Chris. Been there, done that on Joy 94.9. We've had a couple of birthdays already referred to in this show, but let's have a sadder event, and that was the passing on the 12th of May 2001 of an icon here in Melbourne, an entrepreneur, Jan Hillier. Now, she was a very, very active and effective lesbian in the... She was a leader of the community because she did things for the community and got things going. Excellent. What a good way of describing her. Yep, yep. And she was a a wonderful woman, absolutely wonderful woman. I knew Jan quite well. And um, she was she was a she great got the first of the gay she, dances going yes. in the sixties, late sixties, and the seventies, and things pretend, like this. Yeah, she used to pretend that they were having a birthday party. Somebody was always having a birthday, so she would have a party for their birthday, oh, right. and that was the way they got around the law or hiring out some of the halls where she used to hire. Oh, yeah. She said it would be a birthday party, and and we're having eighty people would be here or something rather than like two hundred turn up or something rather. But <laughs> it was just one of the way Jan worked that she. She realised how to get round the little idiosyncrasies of the um, licensing, licensing laws. laws and the way that people uh, didn't like gays or people using their church hall or something or other. But she managed to do it very, very well. And then she moved in from then. She started decided that there had to be some entertainment from the, the um, drag community. So she opened Pokies. Well, there was an interesting showgirl group mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. up the road on the top end of Fitzroy Street, St Kilda. It was known as, I think it's, well, it was Lay Girls, and mm. it later on became This Is The Show. And, of course, if you do the uh, the, the capital letter of mm. that, This Is Comes The out Show. Tits. Oh, stop it, stop <laughs> it. <laughs> and, and so much of the uh, community would go there. Yeah, that's right. But, as you said... Jan organised for the showgirls to come down to the other end of Fitzroy Street mm-hmm. in the first floor rooms of the Prince of Wales Hotel. Mm-hmm. In yeah. And therefore, there was a dance group, there was dance music. She used to put on very, very basic food, mm. yes. Lots of booze. And lots of booze. <laughs> and Sunday night was... Magnificent! Everybody, everybody that was anybody was at the POW on a Sunday night, and her shows were absolutely amazing. He came up and said, "Look, I don't mean to complain, but somebody's having sex under my table." And I said, "What? It was my dance." She said, "We're sitting down here." I said, "Where?" And in those days, I served cabana, celery. You know, you used to pay. I think. I can't remember, $2 or $3, but it was cheap. I was always cheap to get in, contrary to what everybody says. I'm the mega millionaire, I'm not. Anyhow, so over to her table I went and we had the cabana and the celery and everything on the table and the tablecloth was hanging down to the floor. And I said, there's nobody rooting here. 
she said, yes, lift that tablecloth. And there was a guy and a girl going hell for leather. So I lifted up my foot and pushed his ass and said, get up from... Hey, I saw them. That's all right. We'll let you do that, Jan. I said, get up off that floor and get out of this dance immediately. And I thought, half your luck, I haven't had one for six months. And the only reason that that all faded out was, well, of course, she died in 2001... But a lot of the the gay community had got not only their training wheels, they got so much experience and confidence that they too carried on with the pub scene but situation. They went, they went to different areas. They would, I think, from there they went up to um, Paran and and South Yarra area. Oh yeah. Also, um, there was some pubs on North Side, the Union the, the, Hotel that's right. in uh, and, Carlton North, and, and then they spread out a little bit further. But for a while there, the main gay community concentration was in South Yarra Chapel uh, in Commercial, Commercial Road. Road. Yeah. But then it gradually started to go. But the Laird had always been there um, when it became a, a, a great gay pub. It started to spread out a little bit to the north side because the north side said they didn't want to have to keep going to the south side. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, it's interesting that those zones are sort of fading They're away gone. now. Where are they? Yeah, they are. That's right. Mm. But, but you've got individual hotels. Mm. But San Francisco has just actually approved the Gay and Leather Cultural District. That's a wonderful thing for the uh, in San Francisco because for a long time the, the rents and everything have been huge in there, but now they're trying to get some control over yeah. it or something, aren't they? Now, this Leather and GLBTQ <coughs> Cultural District is south of Market in Somo. Mm-hmm. Is that how you pronounce it, Phil? Um, or is it... Outsiders might... Oh yeah, I guess it's a bit like um, you know various areas of New York have got their their nicknames, but Market Street is like a it's a major thoroughfare. It's got the trams in it. Has it's it? It's, it's got right the, the trams, north. not right. the cable cars. They're actually trams. no, they're actually trams. They go from the top of the up at the top of the Market Street right down to the, Building. the port buildings. Yeah, yeah. Yes, the I spent a, an afternoon after the earthquake hmm. watching them detach the flagpole on top of the port building. Oh, right. They had this huge Chinook helicopter, which yeah. shook the whole town. Town, a yeah. Big monster. And we were watching, they're trying to cut it off at the base, and they've got it tied to the helicopter. Mm. And they finally got it off, and um, we're, we're watching this, and the, the helicopter goes to take off, and the flagpole slips from its grip. Oh. Next thing you hear is the sound of breaking glass as it breaks the ceiling of the, <laughs> the building. Oh, no. So they were having a bad day. Oh, yeah, but Mar- Market, Market Street is basically the main street of San Francisco. Hmm. Yeah, and up the other end you've got Castro Street, Castro which Street, yeah. intersects. We've got north side, south side. They, uh, they've got the Market Street as the division. Yeah. Mm. Uh, in, in Vancouver, a 30-year-old gay club there has closed at the end, will close at the end of June. Um, and... It was one of these sort of of that generation, mm. as Pokies was here mm-hmm. and some of the other clubs around. And they said that their closing was down to three or a few major factors. Real estate prices and rents making it harder to turn a profit. More people were hooking up via apps rather than being on the scene. And... LGBTI people feeling more comfortable socialising in more mainstream establishments than just sort of hiding away in our own clubs. Chris, that's what's happening here. And that's sort of a degree of equality Mm. that we've always been fighting Mm. for. Mm. Mm. So it's it's a a positive sign in a way. Is it good or bad? 
It is, good or bad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, the good thing about it was you would go out and you would meet people and you would chat and talk to them. These days on social media, just you're staring at a little screen or listening to somebody talking to you over your phone. Well, the irony of social media is so antisocial. Yeah, it is so yeah. antisocial. You're right yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, apparently London is going through a bit of a rebirth. There's a new 750-year capacity gay club in the heart of the city. Circa Soho is uh, mm-hmm. up and running. And see, Soho gets away with that sort of morphing of names. Yeah, but yeah. When you see Soho, you don't realise how small it is. Yeah. It's only a small area. Yeah. Well, so is Castro Street in yeah, San Francisco. Castro is, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's very loud. Yeah. yeah. But what's interesting with the London New Club is the fact that the Lord Mayor of London, a non-practicing Muslim, Muslim yeah, Mr. has Khan. actually mm. said, this is good for us, it's good for tourism, mm-hmm. we welcome you back into the heart of London to provide vibrancy. Mm-hmm. Hey, I'll tell you what, he's not bad looking either. Oh, wow. Stop it. Stop it. Yes. I'm speechless. No, you're not. You've never been speechless, Philip. (laughs) And, of course, we've got to say uh, happy birthday to Armistead Maupin on the 13th of May. He was born in 1944. And he was one of those – he was a writer – who we mentioned last week, who mm. wrote the tales of that city in his books, mm-hmm. the tales of the city. He would have been happy with the um, LGBTI leather scene being established in oh, San Francisco. Exactly. I well, think Cast- he'd be very, very happy. Tell us, please, what is Castro Street known for in San Francisco? It is the gay district. Mm. There are live venues, gay bookstores. It's a it vital is- and vivid community. On the corner of Castro and Market Street is a hotel and they call it the Elephant's Graveyard because that's where all the old gays go and meet. <laughs> and unfortunately it has a balcony. Yes. That's <laughs> and when right. you're walking along the street, you don't just get wolf whistles. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but but just, may I say, Curtis and I were flattered. Yes, and just, oh, out, right. just down the street is the wonderful Castro Theatre, which is an absolute glorious place inside. And that's where they show a lot of films and stuff. Didn't actually get inside, but it's it's lovely. It's gorgeous. It's a piece of history, though. Oh, yeah. They wanted to pull it down at one stage. Oh, that'd go down well. The the, the gay community stopped them from doing that. Yes, it was their theatre. It's been a while since I've been there, but it was almost frozen in time, Mm. the the district. And it's a nice district. It is nice, yes. And the hilly rainbow rainbow flags hanging out windows. And Mm. Mm. it just, as a gay person, it's a very safe place. Mm. Right. It just feels safe, Mm. Mm. which you wouldn't say about commercial road in its day or whatever it was still still there's still people that well, grew up. still a little bit repressed or hidden yeah. Yeah. but i think in australia the same-sex marriage debate and plebiscite or whatever you want to call that political mm. activity uh, when everybody started to show the yes case and there was the rainbow everywhere up and down the streets in what you would call ordinary straight shopping centres. Mm, mm, and th- that was a sort of the indication feel that you got in the Castro area. It's yeah, it's just a... Well, in Castro, you, you knew it was fellow gay people. And I would imagine the flags you'd see in the suburbs would still be gay people. But there was a certain feeling of courage behind it. Yep. Even in Richmond, some of the high-rise apartment buildings that have either yes windows or yeah, that's rainbow right. flags. Yes, yes. And it's just nice 
sitting there on the train thinking, well, we're not alone. No, we're not alone. We, and we, and there is support, and it's. And we had. We let's face it. It wasn't the only the gay vote that got that um, marriage equality through. It was the straight vote, the people that with with common sense that understood that we were no threat to society from getting married. Well, and equality we were, is a good thing to have. Yeah. And if you believe the sky is going to fall, it will fall for you. Yeah, yeah. Not the rest of us. Not the rest of us. <laughs> it was just a wonderful, wonderful thing. And I was talking to a friend of mine or a woman that I know, and they're getting married just a bit later this year. Yeah. So that's nice. Well, we had a, a gay proposal on The Voice TV show That's last right, week. yes. I, I, actually, I saw that when you mentioned it last week. I checked it up, yeah. and it came through on a, on a feed that I got, and I watched it, and I thought, oh, well, good on you. Yeah, and so three years ago that would have been highly controversial and it was just promoted as a beautiful thing. That's right. Which yeah. is what, what it is. That's what it is. We've <laughs> been together yeah. six years yeah. and that boy can sing. Yeah. yeah. I tell you what. <laughs> <laughs> well, Matthew Mitchum did his little bit when he raced over at the end of his... Uh, Dive and... and Gave his boyfriend the big wet one. And nobody else has done that in the Olympic Games either. No. No. But that was actually a beautiful thing to see apart from being very attractive <laughs> yeah but just the unadulterated joy, joy. yeah the joy and, and, sh- and sharing it, it. Yeah. and sharing it with his partner yeah. and the tv cameras didn't turn away no just no. really nice yeah but a yeah. lot of a lot of them didn't turn they didn't turn away but a lot of uh, countries didn't show it they, yeah, they, they well, cut it out of the they cut it out of their broadcasts well it's telecast it's you don't if the winner's not in your country i mean how much how much German coverage did we see? Yeah, well, how much <laughs> how much of any other country did we see in the yeah. Commonwealth Games? Yes. Okay, it's about time for us. We got to go, go again. It does, but so we'll see you next week. Bye for now. Bye. Bye. This Joycast is a free service brought to you by Joy ninety four point nine. Support Joy ninety four point nine by becoming a member at joy.org.au. This podcast was produced by Joy Media. You can support Joy's diverse sound and diverse community this June by donating to Joy Radiothon 2024. Go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. And remember, we all flourish with joy. Joy.